All right, welcome back, listeners. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Ragu Marcus. He's the uh, you're the owner of the Be Here Now Network, right? The bit. No owner, no. no. Five, uh, it's a nonprofit. Oh, no owner, no owner, which is even cooler. <laughs> the community owner. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he basically runs Be Here Now Network and has his own podcast, the Mind Rolling Podcast, and done some incredible things I've, I've read all about you and uh i've listened to your voice probably more than most <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you uh, actually the the main uh, instrument here the umbrella of all of this is love serve remember foundation which has all of what represents ramdas ramdas.org the ramdas be here now app all of it and then under that umbrella is be here now network as well with all all the incredible uh, plethora of amazing teachers and thought leaders uh, with podcasts so yeah it's uh, movies and courses all of it it's under love serve remember Foundation. remember cool cool which is the only thing we got from our guru neem karoli baba when we left india and this is no other instruction love (laughs) serve remember so that's that's keeps things simple yeah. Can you can you tell us about um you know I've I've read a lot about Neem Karoli and what what was your first impression of that man you know when you first when you first seen him like did you have an just a an amazing experience that was just mind-boggling at the start Yeah uh it it was it was beyond the the main mind boggling part was the <laughs> fact that it was beyond the mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's hard to share the experience, Fully. but but I mean I do rem- I had thoughts that as soon as I saw him, you know, I was struck. So I yeah, the very first thought I had was, oh shit, I know you, I've known you forever, you know, that kind of infinite infinity. Mm of knowing a being which you know of course that hadn't happened to me before ever so that was uh amazing and then the other was oh that's what ramdas was all about uh nothing you know it was just passing through that core thing that i wanted to grab when i met ramdas um and uh the primary thing of knowing uh, the whatever you might call it and again it it's mind-boggling because it can't be spoken of right but whatever that thing is in relation to you know on the biggest macro level uh, a a soul whatever that means to anybody and then the infinite non-dual love that exists whatever that relationship is that's what I experienced in that moment, that it had no beginning or ending, and uh, yeah. So that was, the, yeah, essentially what uh, what happened in that moment. And then I thought, well, I guess I'm finished now. Don't, <laughs> don't have to do anything. Uh, no, I knew in the moment I was going to have to spin off all whatever my karma was in this lifetime. It was just going to unfold. And some of it would be 
wonderful and some of it will not be so wonderful and that has been the case of course and it's the case with all of us no matter how old we are or whatever we've gone through it's called life when you say when you say my karma in this in this lifetime because re- recently we've we've had someone on and, and i guess people like myself and um and younger people get confused or and older people get confused of what karma is and and thinking of it as like a, a, a we were thinking of it as a karmic scoreboard like i've done something wrong i'm going to pay for that yeah yeah and that's what i, I, I smack thought. you in the face you know, <laughs> yeah. smack me so, back so then when you said yeah that, no i mean there's no again that's all western and i include australia in what i'm speaking <laughs> yeah. to yeah. uh but yeah the kind of mind that insists on conceptualizing something or getting a fact a scientific fact that would prove it and that kind of mind is not open to what the reality of karma for instance is or what even a guru is that kind of mind can't conceptualize it and i'm talking about the that which is beyond two that kind of mind cannot conceptualize that. So, of course, you know, cause and effect is an essential thing of what karma is. But let's just put it, uh, you know, you, of course, this is inimitable with reincarnation, right? Karma and reincarnation are inimitable because uh, stuff gets created in a, in a lifetime that, quote-unquote, supposedly, although I have experienced directly with people who um, remember their last life, you know, saints and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I experientially know that there's no question about it, but my understanding, experiential understanding of it is, is limited, you know. But the, it certainly seems that you carry into uh, the next uh, incarnation residue from what you've created before that has to be, that continually has to be burnt out. You know, could be something as simple of like your jealousy. Just take that, and the way in which you see yourself. Uh, oneself carrying that out in different ways through relationships in this life. And yes, some of it is, is certainly can go back to how you grew up, who your parents were, what your culture that you're living, you know, all of those uh, obvious kinds of uh, patterns. But then, you know, a lot of time people go, wow, you know, this is something I can't. It's so deep. And once you're on the spiritual path and realize that everything is possible, you then you get out of that, you know, conceptual mind and go, okay, it's totally possible that I am working through this thing in this life, not just as a result of the circumstances that I was born into. And, and then you have a much more spacious view and, a, and much more of a path to be able to transform. That's a really really good way of putting it. Really good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, um, that's empowering. For me, when I hear that, that sounds empowering. 
Like yeah. I, I, I get that f- that feeling because it's like mm. uh, I'm, it's it's not left into the hands of everything else. It's like I I, I am sort of um, have a role to play in all this. Yeah. It's very hard to explain what I'm trying to say there, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That's well, it's you know that's kind of shifting sands <laughs> itself <laughs> in terms of uh, I have. Yes, of course, you have a role to play in it, but uh, thinking that it will get changed by virtue of you wanting it to change, for instance, and, you know, we're talking about a a very common thing with a lot of people, this particular thing, jealousy, but it's obviously going to take work, and it can be, some of it can be psychological work, which I think is... uh, perfectly especially these days with so much stress you know that we're under uh so being able to have a professional relationship with somebody who's good at therapy and and has some way of framing some of the stuff that's happened in this circumstantial in this life and at the same time you know, understand that there's another thing, and for me, it's Neem Karoli Baba that represents that which is beyond mine that I am relating with and I am using as a force to, uh, shall we say, consume all of the um, ignorance, misconceptions, projections, wrong thinking, all of it. There is a way to relate with that which is beyond uh, duality, which in this case, I met a being like that, but it was, uh, it was, I was introduced to uh, a whole world in which I could relate with different aspects of the divine presence in, in a way that would help transform. So help is there. It's, it's just perspective on how to relate with that help, shall we say. That's amazing. Did you, um, like, what about when you first met Ram Das? Was that a, was that a similar experience of non-duality, or was that, was that uh, you know, more on a personal that was, level? No, that was, I mean, that was, what that was, was somebody who was able to completely uh, lose themselves. No Richard Albert, no Ram Das, just what do you need, you know, just a few feet away with those big blue <laughs> eyes, what can I do for you? In a way that was so real and so present, it created uh, this enormous trust, which is one of the primary things that's necessary to move along <laughs> a quote-unquote spiritual pa- path. And that, is, and that happened in that moment because he was able to remove himself from the equation completely and he ramdas had that you know for he was able to do that even in moments in his life where he was not uh shall we say as immersed in what he was talking about <laughs> like later in his life after his stroke he became yeah. what he was talking about but still uh, pr- prior to his stroke and all those incredible talks that we have that they were all recorded. It's like, in, you know, amazing. Um, so he had that ability to just be, be here now. That's incredible. He's I have be um, here now, man. <laughs> yes, hey. and, and no one in, in this life so far for me has helped me more. And I know it's just through uh, the internet 
which is crazy because sometimes I'll be so caught up in my predicament and in my story in life and I'll put him on and I put him on every night to go to sleep but I also put him on uh, when I'm when I'm driving and things like that and I have this just like ah uh, I can let go <laughs> like yeah. why, why uh, okay. I, what am I holding on to yeah. That's so crazy because that's exactly what I thought when I first heard him and when I met him, when I, it was exactly the same. Okay, it's going to be okay. We're all human. We can let go of this self-judging bullshit and be honest with ourselves and just move on and move towards, you know, what he represented was, I mean, when I'm saying that he was able to just completely be in present it was filled with compassion and love. And that, when I met Neem Karoli Baba, I realized he was filled by that fullness. <laughs> yeah. Shall we say. Yeah. yeah so, it's cool. yeah. The same thing has happened to you. And I see this all the time, by the way. People, oh, yeah, pick, uh, got be here now. You know, I'm 20 years old. I was in college. Somebody gave me a copy, took some acid or mushrooms. And, yeah, it was the same as what <laughs> happened to us. All those years ago. Absolutely. How freaking cool is that? It's amazing, actually. (laughs) There's, uh, uh, by the way, talk about you like to listen uh, to him before you go to sleep and all that. Um, We have uh, an app we're just finishing. You'll be able to get push notifications of microdosing on Ramdas. How about that? That's you want a microdose on Ramdas? <laughs> I do. It is a trip. It is yeah. a micro trip. <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. Well, because what I've what I've seen because Jake introduced me to mm. not not just Ramdas but really this whole uh, I guess that that culture. Or, you know, I didn't have. Um, I grew up. It was just the TV, you know? So there was no avenue of that way of thinking. And then when, when I first met him, we would sit down in saunas and then he would talk about, you know, death and, and things that really interested me that I had no one else to talk about that with. And then when we moved uh. in together, I, um, I would hear him in the bath. I would hear Ram Das voice while he was in the bathtub. So he'd be in the <laughs> bath for like an hour and then just listening to Ram Das. And then he'd come out and then he'd share what he'd learnt. Or, and, and, and exactly, I was going to say before, you said it had come out and like weight had been lifted off you and that, that yeah, everything is going to be okay or, or that it all just mm. is. Mm. And then that sort of spread onto me a bit. And then, you know, we, we both um, sort of, uh, you know, health coaches and, and mainly deal with people with pain and back pain and things like that. But mm. you use so much of those words and, and they come into your head and you, f- and you, f- you think you forget them. And then when someone else is right in front of you, that those words just can sometimes regurgitate out of your mouth. And you're like, Oh, where'd that come from? I was like, Oh, that came from that podcast or this, this, this. And sometimes it feels like it's fake. Like, Oh, am I just regurgitating it or, or, <laughs> or not? But there's, um, the, there's the mind kicking in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about it again, but yeah. it's cool how, you know, something that you guys are doing all the way over there through the internet travels here and then travels to the next person, next person. And maybe you don't even mm. see it, you know, but, but it's yeah. definitely happening. Well, that's the good thing about the digitizing of our lives and the communication that is allowed through the internet. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it, and it's got all the bad shit as well, which, <laughs> you know, we all know about Facebook and all that. Um, but, uh, I, 
you know, the reality is around, particularly around Ramdas, is is the self honesty is such a big thing. That's the thing you go, okay, I just got to be honest with myself. So that requires practice, mindfulness, meditation. Absolutely requires that because otherwise we are monkey minds and it's out of control and believe everything that gets passed through our minds or coming from external source and being processed by us, judging, etc., etc. Et so um, the other th part of it that he that was so great. Uh, did you see the movie Becoming Nobody, which yeah. is Ramdas? <laughs> did, did you do thing. that movie? Produced it. You produced it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I man, did. That, that was incredible. That gave me shivers. That movie. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it, and it had everything that he really represented around identity and roles and and service and love and death. You know, he's worked with you know so. Yeah, it, it it was really good. But at in part of that movie, the director Jamie asked him. So what are the most important things that you could transmit about trotting the spiritual, however he said it, <laughs> the spiritual path? And Ramdas said, love and humor. And I would act, add to that the self-honesty that he exhibited in all of his talks and uh, he, under any circumstances, that was such an important part because it it allowed to just as you just said we can relax now we're cool <laughs> yeah. we're all going through the same thing you know and it's okay and and then the humor part is let's not take ourselves too seriously on any level and see the predicament we're in on so many different levels and and create some spaciousness around it so those are the two greatest things that uh for me three actually that yeah. ramdas represent yeah that's amazing he's um um i've been going through his meditations just his methods because i'm trying to find and try as many methods of uh, meditation as i can that are uh, the journey of awakening the book so it's only an hour and a half long. It's on Audible. It's awesome. But uh, it gives you a lot of methods of, of his that he uses or gave to, gave to people to help him. And um, I think the uh, – I wanted to know what yours was. I wanted to know because mine, mine is uh, just following the breath and either a mantra I use, I, love, I am loving awareness or whatever that is. But what, what are your – do you just still do a variety of different methods or uh. – uh, I do incorporate different – methods certainly but the core practice that we have done collectively the people that were in india at that time including ramdas was vipassana meditation insight meditation and yes using the breath as the object from which when you realize that you're off thinking or feeling or whatever and then oops wait my job is only to follow the breath as it naturally goes in and out of the nostrils and you can feel it, or even the muscle in your abdomen rising, falling, like that. That meditation actually, even His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, had those uh, young monks learn that because that's the founda concentration foundation, one-pointed foundation that's absolutely necessary no matter what. So... Forget about mantras and all that stuff for yeah. the moment. Just 
get one pointed and that uh, I would require <laughs> actually going and spending uh, a time in a retreat and there's Vipassana retreats everywhere including Australia and uh, where you're there for at least a week or ten days and you are meditating a lot of hours a day and it's walking meditation and, and all of it and from there you'll be able to have a grip <laughs> so that you are not gone for like 10 minutes thinking about some bullshit that you actually get a little bit proficient not to become a good meditator yeah but it creates space where you can actually then go to the next level which is insight one of them insight into the impermanence of all phenomena once you get there then you're talking about just in your daily life being able to work with change in a much much different way so yes that is that is the meditation i use some tibetan stuff as well um and uh, and certainly and i do some mantra myself more around uh pranayama than uh, the, or that part of meditation yeah so everything you said is is absolutely right on it's really cool yeah, the, but i would use this as the foundation yeah the elon musk tweeted the other day <laughs> and how he said the impermanence and everything and again it I don't know, these grim things sometimes make me feel really uh, good. <laughs> and it was saying, in 500 million years, the sun's going to expand and we're all going to be gone anyway. So, <laughs> so that, that made me feel... That made me feel... feel um, oh, don't worry. First of all, that's way beyond our pay grade. So, <laughs> you know, there's no... That's just thinking about stuff. It's like watching TV. It's not... Yeah. It's, it has no impact whatsoever. But when we're talking about impermanence, we are ta and and the two major tenets of Buddhism: impermanence and emptiness. Emptiness of this I that we walk around with on a day-to-day -day basis is one major definition of emptiness. And impermanence means just being able to deal with change. Okay, everything is changing constantly. Our bodies are changing constantly. Uh, our circumstances are changing. I mean, look at what's going on now. We have a lot of change going on right now, right? Mm. right. So it's the way we relate with that is where we get the leg up by doing practices that bring us into the into the presence, with present and presence. With um, with with that, when when you saw Ram Das have his his stroke and that change in the physical form. How how did what did you witness in him when that happened and how did he handle that? I would say, oh gee, Maharaji, uh, Ramdas can handle this, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, I'm being yeah. I am being truthful there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, he. Well, in the beginning, he used to say after a stroke. Maharaji gave him, Neem Karoli Baba gave him the stroke so that he could then go inside and become who he was. He didn't quite say it like that, but yeah, he would be able to spend that kind of time with himself because he no longer could play golf, he couldn't drive his car, blah, blah, blah. When he went to India and saw there's a saint there that was with Neem Karoli Baba for many years named Siddhima. She was like our Indian mother. She only left like... Uh, about four years ago. Uh, 
Ram Dass happened to go there in 2004 because uh, he wanted to go back one more time. And she had heard him say this somehow, that Maharaji gave him a stroke. She said, no, Maharaji's not giving you or anybody a stroke or anything. It was simply nature. Ramdas did whatever he did. He didn't pay attention. Actually, he was not paying attention. You know, weight, too much weight, not taking the blood pressure meds, whatever it was. He was not paying enough attention. And that was just part of the nature and karma and all of it wrapped up into one. And she was saying, but what he, so what he gave you was, and she didn't say it in exactly these terms, but the grace that was given to you was so that you would have a perspective from which you would allow a transformation to take place. And it, of course, it w- Ramdas was in pain a lot over these many years. I mean, talking almost 15 years. Uh, it, it was extraordinary to watch, and he used to bullshit me about it. I'd say <laughs> we'd be on the phone, you know, a lot because we were planning all this stuff all the time and doing stuff. How are you? Oh, I'm just great. I'm just <laughs> wonderful. That's exactly what he was. I said, well, you're lying to me. I am sure about that. Can you just tell me the truth? Okay. And then he'd start to tell me all of the stuff that was going on with him. And I said, okay, that's good. Too much information. <laughs> you know? So he just knew how to relate with pain and how to be with it. And when he couldn't do that he was like all of us you're just there and you're lost for however long you're lost in believing you are that pain and uh and that's again a testament to you know his honesty with himself but yeah he he transformed through that stroke that's incredible and were you with him in maui um i know he passed left his body i should say in, in maui didn't he and um i know there was a lot of singing and stuff in, in the water and I just, yeah, how, how, how did he, I always wondered, um, were you there when he, when he, when he let go? No, no, no. I left a couple of weeks earlier, okay. actually, so I was not there in the moment. Of course, uh, yeah, my closest people were, sure. were there, our, shall we say, uh, and it was, you know, very peaceful how it happened and it was not i knew it was going to happen we all knew it wasn't going to be very long how he even did that retreat which we're just about to release this uh well that i'm sorry that retreat was released we actually went back there with for the first time without him and at the end of 2021 in december and uh that was quite an experience to experience the same thing when he was there (laughs) in a body and then not because of everyone's love was so powerful it just had him there and you know in presence but no he he was ready yeah that's cool and i i read a little bit about it about how he had the, just the most unconditional love in in his eyes you know especially the last couple of days yeah uh, i really find no, it was last it was actually months the months. last few months okay. yeah i wouldn't even say that because he always had that yeah. uh before the stroke after in any one given moment but he was a lot more the love love everyone part he he had that down pretty good man i know love everyone the friggin the the 
podcast that I, I mean, the one that I've been listening to a lot lately is those talks with, he had such a beautiful talk with that lady. You just recorded it actually. Well, you just put it up. Uh, the one, and she's talking about the uh, her son, I think, dying. And he was just so, so open about, so open about it and just so, um, just so, I don't know, like I feel emotion come up quite a bit if I was to talk to someone about mm-hmm. that. And I just, it was so inspiring to see how open he was talking about death. And I know he's had a lot of experience with it, but mm. that, that just, yeah. that yeah, that helped me so many ways. It's cool. Mm. Yeah, that's what I think is really powerful part of the Becoming Nobody movie is the, the last section which is around death and dying. And, uh, yeah, he helped a lot of people all the way to the end. I mean, he was, I mean, until the point where he really couldn't verbalize much anymore, which is only the last couple of months. Um, he was helping people, yeah. That he wasn't afraid to, to die. That's, you know, an important thing. I mean, there was still that vestige in his ego, but in in his presence and... Um, day-to-day life that was not an issue yeah i think with with dying i always had a a fear i i I still do like my ego is terribly afraid of dying but what what really set me free oh yeah you're (laughs) really i haven't heard anyone else ever say that how could you say that i I think i'm the only one actually (laughs) yeah it's unbelievable damn ego well we'll help you out don't worry Yeah, I, I, I just, what helps me is just go, shut up, ego, <laughs> pretty much. You know, you just like, or just laugh. Yeah, it's like, it's like there yeah. I am caught again. Like, humor, yeah. Humor and love. Hey. It's cool. Yeah. Well, I think it was because Jake's dad um, would go into old, like you'd volunteer at the old people's, like local yeah. retirement village. And um, hmm. what surprised me was he, he said a lot of them are, are terrified of dying. And I really didn't expect that. Because I, I, I wasn't around at my, you know, around my granddad, but he was sort of ready to go. He's like, I lived my life. But um, I really expected when it comes to that age that it just, it just feels normal. But he goes, a lot of them are absolutely terrified. And, and he goes, he's just hanging with them. Because, you know, I, I, do, do you see that often in, 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 in the older, older work, years? Yeah, like working with the dying? Yeah, working with the dying. Because... Uh, I thought that wouldn't be the case, but you know, I thought it was just like when you're young, mm. you're going to be afraid of dying. But <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's hard to even frame that question. But do you see that often working with the dying? Yeah, I mean, I haven't done anything like the work that Ramdas did and others are doing. And I would recommend, if by the way, we have somebody in our satsang. His name is Dale Borglum Ramdev, and he's got a podcast on Be Here Now Network. He and Ramdas and one other man that passed, uh, they uh, worked on this starting in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has now a, what's called Li- Living Dying Institute. So anybody who's going through any of that, I would highly recommend that uh, get in touch with him. He's extremely knowledgeable. But in my own experience, everybody is afraid of dying. And it's to one degree or another. And those that, like some great Tibetan lamas that we have today that are alive and even young, Mingjur Rinpoche being one of them, uh, who's somebody to look up uh, as well, uh, who 
are not living in that polarity that there's life and there's death and we better watch out because the death thing isn't so good. <laughs> you know, they're not living in that, in that, again, it's that mental uh, belief that is just, it's absolutely habitual pattern that we have learned from the day that we got a name because we're polarized inside ourselves. <clears throat> we become two. Right there's yeah. that pure soul that comes in that gets a name and then suddenly what what's this? Oops, I better watch out. My name's Joe, but Harry's over there and he's not. You know, he's a little <laughs> threatening. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what happens, right? Yeah. So it's all the way, all the way from you, you know, to to someone who is uh, going to die. Some people actually. You know, and this is Ramdev would would say this in the some people in the last days even do a whole corrective thing around that fear, and they let go, and there's a real surrender happens. Some people do it far earlier because spiritual work does help in this case. And a perspective helps, which is why Ramdas is so great because he can verbalize that perspective. I mean, certainly becoming nobody, the the dying death part at the end. These talks that he gave are stupendous. I mean, they're incredible. And you can go to Ramdas.org and and just put in death and and find this stuff. If and even if it's you're young, it's time you start working. You don't ever know when any of this shit's going to happen to you. Anything can happen any moment. So it's good to practice, absolutely. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you're young or old, we all carry this through in our entire lives, this fear. And why not deal with it whenever it comes to light that there is a path? Yeah, that's <clears throat> that really, really helped me uh, dealing with... My mom died when I was 18, and um, I really relished in the drama of it at the time and really... Mm became like poor me you know i made it about mm. me and uh yeah 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 even though i wasn't posting and, and seeking attention i i did i i used it um and it was really cool it was really cool to be confronted with death early because i pushed it down and i pushed it away until i was like 21 and then it came up through my body as like depression or anxiety i just felt like mm. there was so much unresolved inside me and then i had an absolute mental breakdown um, and mm. like you said at the start of the podcast, the I, I was actually on a plane and I had my first, I would say, spiritual experience reading uh, Be Here, uh, no, not Be Here Now, it was uh, The Power of Now. And um, I just had this moment, man, of like, whoa, I'm not my thoughts. Because <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. I was living day to day in every single thought that I had. That was me. That's I had. There was no separation yet. Mm. And um, wow. man, I just... I had this this feeling, I think it's called, might be called a centauri or something where you, I know you'd know more about it than I would, but I just split and I was like, whoa, I'm never going to be unhappy again. <laughs> mm. That's what I legit thought. And then honestly, yeah. for, for about five days, I wasn't. For five days, I was so happy. But then that just led, like, you know, once you, what Ram, like Ramdas says, once you, once you awaken, you're never going to get back to sleep. And that's what it was like. I tried to go back to sleep. I really wanted mm. to stay naive and stay 
stay <laughs> just stay just like you know like a almost like a goldfish i just want to just go what's here what's here what's here <laughs> but yeah man, well you go back and forth i mean yes, again it's yeah. all about being human it's okay you go back and forth and you uh sharon salzberg i don't know if you know one of the great vipassana teachers she puts it one you the beauty of a human is you can always try again. <laughs> yeah, you can so always true. go back. You're watching the breath. Your thought goes up. You, you always have the opportunity to bring yourself back to the center of, of, in this case, the object of meditation, the breath. And Rob Das's thing, by the way, that's another good practice. The loving awareness practice that he did at the last years in Maui was the really the biggest central teaching that he gave. You can always just go into the center of your chest and take three deep breaths and move from mind-eye perspective into the heart-compassion-we perspective, where meaning that you're the, whatever comes through in the moment, you're not attacking yourself, judging, criticizing, all of it. It's okay. So there, that practice in itself is um, self-fulfilling. Yeah, would you say it feels... Recently, I felt like I found that place uh, which feels like home. It feels a place where I can just go and turn off. It's like just, all right, breath. All right, breathe into your yeah. heart, spiritual heart. And yep. I, feel, yep. I feel like no matter what goes on in your life at the time, you can just go... Oh, God. And just go there. <laughs> yeah. But maybe you're not going to go there and you go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's yeah. this moment. You know, that's the beauty of uh, the inevitability of change. It, it, even the bullshit's going to change, right? Not yeah. just the nice stuff. You don't want to change. <laughs> yeah, I so know. That, I know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can't hide from it, right? Sometimes it's just at times where I'm too busy in the mind and I cannot switch off at all for weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just, okay, as long as you, so mindfulness is important because it gives you a perspective, not the one, the eye in the head, but the one that's more through the heart. Uh, It gives you, if you're looking at it from that perspective and you're feeling like shit, at least you can go, okay, let me just be with this, you know, it hurts. And that's, uh, grief is very much that, right? Um, in terms of people losing closely beloved people and the grief that that goes on and how do you be with it, really be with it, but not completely taken over by it. And the only way you're not taken over by it is because the love that you had for that other person who left doesn't change. And that communication is always possible. Wow. Yeah, that's... I think what yeah. you what you said then about only in the last week I've I've realised this because we're, we're doing this this work with a lady called Joe Rushton which is called Path of Light and it's you know similar work just just owning your own stuff really but how you said don't judge it and recently I've been going through this little battle of trying to stop smoking marijuana <laughs> and then it comes back into my life and then it comes out again and I realise what's been causing all the stress is not so much me smoking it, but it's me judging yeah. judging myself I, for smoking it. I'm right with you. I've had that a billion times in my life. 
Because I'm like, I'm, I'm good. With you. I'm good. And it's and it more about back. the bullshit in your head than it is about the action. I'll tell yeah. you that for yeah. you. And, and yeah. I just realized that because I'm like, I judge myself because I'm meant to be like, I'm, I'm smoking, meeting my friends and I'm, I should be doing this or I should be doing this work. I should be doing work. And then, um, and then I judge myself for not doing it. And then I'm like, tomorrow's the day. And then I don't do it tomorrow. Then I'm like, oh, you're weak. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, and then I just realized how Joe's like, you know, yeah, fail. Then like, all right, then try again. Then what? Then try again. <laughs> and try and just don't judge yourself at all. And when, as soon as I did, it just felt, this is, and I'm talking like five days ago. I knew he made this realization. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've, now? Been, I've been smoking since I was, you know, high school and on and off. Um, I thought you were going to say since you were six. Or six. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. And, and, um, and I just realized that now. And now, like, it, yeah, it's really freeing. So anyway, if anyone else listened to that, because I know that's a really common, really mm. common problem. And it's, it's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's how you relate with that is, is the first thing. Uh, and also knowing in this particular, you know, it's a real herb. It's a medicine, right? Mm. Marijuana, mm. cannabis. Some people it can work with it, and some people cannot work with it. And the, it's unfortunate, though. Uh, one of the unfortunate things about cannabis is you can it can create paranoia, and you're not be able and you're not seeing correctly what the disadvantage is, particularly with you and your particular chemistry, I would say. So, but it's like all things. Everything's like that. <laughs> Not being able to see the true nature of something, again, and we project about it all the time. So it's, it is, again, practice to get, uh, develop the kind of awareness and mindfulness that's necessary to, to have a more balanced life. Yeah. Did you have much uh, experience with psychedelics like, like Ramdas? Like Ramdas? Forget oh. about it. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, about yeah. 3,000 trips. <laughs> Half that? Uh, no, no way. I mean, yes, I had a, a, a bunch of it, but not like that. I mean, he used to regale us with stories of what they would do at Millbrook with Leary, Tim Leary and all. <laughs> Going into a room with a, you know, huge bags full of the every, you know, toad venom to every, you know, they got it all, uh, and uh, and they would stay there a week and see what happened. Yeah, that's because so what happened. He said we got very stoned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was actually going no, to... no way, no way, no way. I love no how way. he said but, um, it, it it will bring you to God. But it won't keep you there. You're always going to come down. You one day you got to do the work. Uh, actually, yes, he he would say something like that. But he would tell what happened when Neem Karoli Baba when he gave him yeah. the acid, tremendously high doses, right? Twice, and ultimately he did. Maharaji said. This is good for beginners. It brings you into, you can have darshan, presence of Christ for a couple of hours, but then you got to leave. That's right. Eventually, much, much better to feed people and get high <laughs> that way. Well, that's, that's what he said. Okay. So he, it, it was definitely some, he, he also said they used to have this in olden times, ancient times, but it was done in the forest with specific herbs and so on and so forth. Not well known today. 
he also said that about yoga, actually. Huh, Neem Karoli <laughs> said that about yoga? Yeah, he said that. Actually, he said that about yoga. He said the best thing to do if you were going to first try uh, psychedelics, and again, nothing he said was rational. He would actually, <laughs> so you th good to go to forest and cold weather. Is that good? Uh, and it meant better to go, be alone, take acid. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend taking acid alone, by the way. But he yeah. meant psychedelics in a cold place done for the purpose of inner knowing and having no distractions whatsoever. And a lot of people are doing that. And uh, But a lot of it is more around ceremony and ayahuasca and, you know, groups of people. And, and so on and that's all good too but eventually how many experiences of it can you have although you know many people use it in a therapeutic manner and it unravels it does help unravel especially uh, MDMA and uh, psilocybin and so but that's what he said yeah I'm very I'm very afraid of psychedelics I don't know why I always have been it's my mind, I guess, but I, I even even smoking marijuana, I've tried a few times, and and I and I go in there with like, oh, all right, this time I'm gonna just know that it's my mind, and, <laughs> and I get in there and I'm sink, I sink, yeah. and I go, oh shit, <laughs> chemistry, yeah. Uh, have uh, you taken? Have you had uh, uh, mushrooms or something? No, I, I had. Um, when I broke my leg, I had ketamine and morphine and a bunch of different drugs and that took mm, me to a lovely <laughs> yeah that took me to a uh, place i actually saw get it me. yeah i saw ram das man I, I i was hoping to ask you this uh when i broke my leg i i had a large dose of ketamine to put the bone back in the skin and uh Whoa. i was very very present in the knew what it was about but i had this feeling of just knowing that it was the right time this feeling i can't even explain it in words but when i went to this realm of shape um, I, this could just be my mind making it up, but when I went to this realm of shape, it was black and white, and I saw Ramdas's shoulders and head, and um, he said, "Welcome, you've begun your spiritual journey." And wow, I just yeah, it gives me shivers. This was on like, that ketamine. This was this was ketamine, morphine. I'd just broken my leg, having probably the most traumatic oh. experience in my life. Um, mm. And yeah, it was it was actually two beings there, but one was one was Ramdas. Um, and I had a feeling like they had come in spirit, whoever they were, to make me feel com mm. comfortable. And uh, that wow. was a that lasted a long time for me. And it's weird that I can consciously still recall that when I wasn't conscious. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And for me, Ron, I, I, yeah, I um like I used to have all that sort of stuff a lot when I was growing up, mm. like at, you know LSD and mushrooms and and all that and the benefit from that for me, I guess, when I was, you know, say 16 or so, was um, it, it showed me that magic was real or something was mm. else was going on. And I, I didn't yeah. never had that, you know. Yeah. When you just smoke weed, it's, mm. just, it's just weird. That's what it's about, yeah. yeah. And that you had Darshan, you get in for a couple of hours, <laughs> and get the truth is what he was saying. Yeah. And then, but you got to come back down. That's why Ramdas went to India to find what's the map of consciousness because I keep coming down <laughs> 3,000 times or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's when he met Neem Karoli Baba and that changed everything for him. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. For me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's incredible. He, um, I love the story of him 
uh, you know, he's like, you know, I don't want to touch anyone's feet. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I want to. I'm not believing in gurus and all that kind of thing because that, that resonated with me because I feel like I have that suspicion in myself because I've haven't woken up to that yet. And he 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 wouldn't touch his feet. And then he was out the car the night before thinking about his mother and and he looked at him from the from the far. You know the story. <laughs> you wrote the book pretty much, so I don't know why I'm telling it to you. But. I don't think so. But yeah, I do know the story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my own story about that in particular, oh, and yes, which please. is telling, is I went to a before I went to see Neem Karoli Baba because he Ramdas didn't know where he was, and he said, "Well, meet me at this other place, another mm. ashram in South India." And the guru there, uh, everybody, I get in a line. I was like, "Really, go see the guru," and everybody's in a line touching his feet, and I'm like, "Really." <laughs> And it was all weird for me. And then Ramdas showed up and I said, what is this about? I don't have any connection to it. He said, well, it's on the light in you honoring the light in this being. And, at this, and also, if you feel stuff and your mind is going wild, that's a good thing to watch, witness, right? So I said, okay, I went back the next day. Because uh, he gave me the... Uh, logistics to where I needed to go and he was going to stay there for a few days so he wasn't going and I went up to see Neem Karoli Baba and I went same thing happened though with the guru I couldn't I don't know <laughs> yeah <clears throat> couldn't connect anyhow when you asked me what it was like when I first when Maharaji first came out when I first saw him in those first seconds and I told you what was going through my mind but yeah. the first thing that happened is boom down on the ground out not thinking of anything this is crazy what i why am i doing it? nothing i just it's like you know it was so like if uh, a ufo the size of new york city landed in front of you you'd like be down <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 you'd be like whoa that's what it was like i had no choice in it but it was coming from a place that was and nothing to do with this it was like, okay, you know, the divine presence being there, what else do you do, you know? Oh, my God, thank you. It's all real. Holy shit. Wow. That kind of thing. Although I didn't think anything. I just flopped down and, ah. <laughs> that is so like cool, that. man. I want to so meet him. <laughs> nothing to do with what we think. Nothing has anything to do with what we think. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That is on the other hand, nuts. we can be creative where you're doing a podcast, I do podcasts, I do other stuff, and that creative creativity mm. takes mm. thinking yeah. so it's you want to have that so you can use it for the you know the right yeah, thing we, hopefully. We, pl we play in the garden, but we don't get lost in it <laughs> exactly yeah oh that's, exactly that's awesome man and um one more question for you midnight gospel mm. do you Hmm? You've seen Say Mid that again. You, you've seen Midnight Gospel, the Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you, Duncan. Yeah, and you, I know, because I, I saw, I, I was just researching you a little bit, and I saw. Um, did you have something to do with that? No, nothing. Duncan did that. He, you know, I was, I had a little role. It was fantastic, though. Yeah, Boy, that's they right. Pay money just for <laughs> appearing as a voiceover. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I knew very much what was going on. I knew what the concept... I mean, I'm friendly with him, so I knew what was going on, but I had nothing to do with it except for appearing in one episode. Man, he's a good, he's a good guy, Duncan Trussell, hey? 
No, he's the best. <laughs> yeah, he's really, he's really true, blue, and s- sincere, and yeah, um, and he has uh, had a, a tremendous impact because he's Fuck been yeah. exposing Ramdas on all those podcasts. <laughs> I know, and he has a very large audience, so it's Huge. pretty amazing. Yeah, the one, yeah. With the last episode with his mum. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, that's. Oh, I got friends like. They just post it because they love the show. Like it's yeah. pretty huge over in Australia well, and around the world. Um, yeah. So that's. Yeah, so I don't know why they didn't renew it. Ne- well, Netflix is in so much trouble. So. Oh, they ah, didn't. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool that you're yeah. on one of the episodes. That's yeah, that's, yeah. That's and Ramdas yeah, it's not funny. Three. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah, that one with his mother. I mean, that podcast with wow. his mother is incredible. Wow. And uh, he met Ramdas physically for the first time. Uh, he came with me to Maui uh, just after his mother had died, and he had a tremendous experience. It was, it was Ram Dass and a, an incredible teacher named Roshi Joan Halifax, who has uh, a Zen center in Santa Fe. And boy, talk, talk about some people he needed to give him the kind of grace around the reality of his mom and how she was here and Ramdas said she's here right now and he completely you know felt that so wow. it was pretty amazing moment one of those moments yeah for man. for him yeah he talks about it on podcasts man so good yeah thank you so much for uh for everything you do and uh thank you guys yeah. thanks for having me yeah it's, it's just fun. um for me what for time is it in australia <laughs> it's 9 a.m <laughs> Oh, shit. You got up and did this at 8 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, man. Fuck. We, I would have got up at 4 a.m., bro. Yeah. This is... Uh, yeah. this you is, would? I can't huge. talk till 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> man, Never I, mind do a podcast. Yeah. I'm just running yeah. off coffee right now. Yeah. Well, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I was nervous enough, man, because I've just... Uh, I feel like I know you guys, and that's... You yeah. Know, that's what's we so do, cool We do. We do. We have all of, uh, all of this um, wonderful glue that glues us together you know it's made of love compassion bliss it's amazing you know and everybody can jump into it it's the other is the real amazing thing it's just a matter of letting go this belief in, in their mind and thoughts and all that which is not easy and it takes practice that's why i say it all the time you know for myself and anybody who will listen we do need to do these things, and we only need, and need is a terrible word, but the reality is we do want to be ha- happier, and we do want to give to other people and be kinder. and compa- So you, it takes work to do that, that's all. So let's mm. do it. That's, a, that's yeah. a life worth living for me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raghu. And um, yeah, we'll, thank we'll, you guys. We'll get we'll get Duncan on soon, and we'll we'll talk about you. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Oh yeah, brother. Yeah. Much Wonderful. love. Thanks, mate. Thank you. <laughs> love to you, you so much. Love to you.